This is ABS-CBN Corporation Channel 2 in the service of the Filipino. Now signing off. For the first time since the Ferdinand Marcos dictatorship, ABS-CBN Channel 2 goes off air because of a cease and desist order by the National Telecommunications Commissioner NTC stopping broadcasting operations. On 7.52 p.m. on May 5, 2020, Filipinos witnessed television screens go black, signaling a shutdown of the largest broadcast network in the Philippines. Where did this problem start? Ikaw, ABS-CBN, you're a mouthpiece of Ang inyong franchise mag-end next year. If you are expecting na marinyo yan, I'm sorry. You're out. I will see to it that you're out. That was President Rodrigo Duterte speaking from Malacanang on December 3, 2019. That was his third time to threaten not to renew the franchise of ABS-CBN, which he accuses of unfair reporting and resents for not airing campaign ad he had already paid for. ABS-CBN President and CEO Carlo Katigbak says limited airtime prevented the network from airing some ads and that they have refunded 4 million pesos. But the president no longer accepted the remaining 2.6 million pesos. We, we were sorry if we offended the president. That was not the intention of the network. On February 10, 2020, Solicitor General Jose Calida files a co-warranto petition seeking to void ABS-CBN's 25-year franchise for alleged violations. The House of Representatives, led by Speaker Alan Peter Cayetano, sits on the network's renewal bills until ABS-CBN's franchise expires May 4 amid the coronavirus pandemic. Administration supporters come up with a legal mantra, Juralex said lex, or the law is harsh, but it is the law. But what exactly is the law or the laws that apply to ABS-CBN? Is the problem a legal or a political one? Hello, I am Lian Buan and you are listening to the Law of the Tertaland podcast where we discuss controversial policies of the executive, gaps in the law, and court decisions that shake long-standing principles in the legal profession. A shutdown of ABS-CBN was unthinkable, and yet here we are. Congress is now bickering among themselves, with some lawmakers blaming Cayetano. Cayetano and Calida blame each other, and we have a Justice Secretary whose advice was ignored. In this episode, we break down the issues surrounding the ABS-CBN franchise and analyze how we got here. Republic Act No. 7966 is the law that gave ABS-CBN its 25-year franchise valid until May 4, 2020. It is the first law relevant to this issue. Section 3 says, ABS-CBN shall secure permits and licenses from the NTC. Kalida says the Kapamilya Box Office or KBO, which is a pay-per-view product, did not have the proper permit from the NTC. KBO is a pay-per-view movie channel. Subscribers pay a 30 peso weekly fee on top of its one-time payment for the digital box ABS-CBN TV+. 
There is also the question of whether ABS-CBN can use its frequency to generate additional income other than its traditional advertising profits. In the absence of a law and as broadcasting technology evolves, the NTC turns to Justice Secretary Menardo Guevara for his legal opinion. In a 2018 formal legal opinion, Secretary Guevara said pay-per-view services of broadcast companies are legal, saying, quote, We find it clear enough that broadcast companies can engage in conditional access or conditional access system and for the same reason can offer TV pay-per-view services, end quote. ABS-CBN says that on May 14, 2019, the NTC approved its pay-per-view service but imposed a condition that it shall be subject to a guideline that the NTC may issue. ABS-CBN says it took that to mean they can roll out KBO while guidelines have not yet been issued. NTC Commissioner Gamaliel Cordoba says the assumption was wrong. Cordoba says a guideline was needed, especially because it affected cable operators like the now controversial FICTAP or Federation of International Cable TV Association of the Philippines. But Cordoba admits, the NTC neither sanctioned ABS-CBN nor issued the long-awaited guideline. Commissioner Cordoba tells the Senate, the issue just blew over. Uh, actually po ma'am, nagkaroon na po kasi sila ng, actually the one who was raising it was uh, FICTAP, uh, Mrs. Tamanos here, nagkaroon na po kasi sila ng uh, parang conciliation. Even before it flew, ay na-overtake na po kasi siya ng um, uh, video on demand. Uh-oh. Which means that you can watch any movie, anytime, anywhere. You only have to use your cellphone. Kaya po yung init on the matter ay medyo nagsubside. Senator Risa Ontiveros asks the NTC, Why so slow in coming up with a guideline? Bakit ang tagal? No? Uh, given the pace of development in the industry, hindi ba dapat nagkikip pace yung uh, commission? Meron po kasing part ng DOJ opinion na gusto pa sanang i-clarify ng mga broadcasters. Republic Act No. 7925 or the Public Telecommunications Policy Act is the second relevant law. Kalida accuses ABS-CBN of skirting strict franchise laws when it acquired and merged with two companies that had their own franchises and used those franchises as its own. Question is, is that allowed? For example, one of the companies, Multimedia Telephony, was given a franchise in 1995. Later sold to ABS-CBN, it became ABS-CBN Convergence. Section 15 of the law that gave Multimedia Telephony a franchise, or Republic Act 7908, says the company must not sell nor assign its franchise or its rights and privileges to another corporation. ABS-CBN invokes the Public Telecommunications Policy Act enacted on March 1, 1995. Section 23 of the Telecommunications Act says, Any favor or exemption granted to a franchise holder under the law should also be given to earlier franchise holders. Multimedia Telephony was among those whose franchises were granted before the law. Using Section 23, 
ABS-CBN says that if Congress granted on March 13, 1995, a franchise to a company called Maranao Telephone Company and only prohibited the company from selling within five years, then that same privilege must also be granted to multimedia telephony. ABS-CBN acquired multimedia telephony in 2015, or passed the five-year limit that ended in the year 2000. Kalido also accuses ABS-CBN convergence of violating multimedia telephony's franchise law, which required the company to publicly offer shares. ABS-CBN's answer? The income of ABS-CBN convergence was too low that it didn't qualify for initial public offering or IPO. The network says convergence had a capital deficiency of 6 billion pesos at the end of 2018. Here's ABS-CBN General Counsel Mario Bautista. Under the stock exchange rules, only companies which qualify under the rules can do up an IPO. Convergence never qualified financially for the offering of the IPO. So in effect, we are being required to perform an act which we are legally barred uh, from performing. The third relevant law is the 1987 Constitution, which requires media companies to be 100% Filipino-owned. No different from Rappler's case, Kalida attacks the Philippine Depository Receipts or PDRs of ABS-CBN and says foreign investment automatically means there is foreign ownership. Kalida does not question any specific portion of ABS-CBN's PDR contracts but takes a sweeping position that any PDR issued to a foreign entity is illegal. But a PDR holder does not become a shareholder of the company and does not have voting rights. Jurisprudence provides that a PDR holder does not acquire what is called beneficial ownership. This means a PDR issued to a foreign entity does not equate to foreign ownership in the company. Securities and Exchange Commission or SEC Commissioner Efiro Amatong says as much. PDRs are not evidence of ownership or certificate of ownership. But Amatong shies away from categorically clearing ABS-CBN during the Senate hearing. Uh, subject to verification, uh, normally a PDR would not contain voting rights on the part of the holder, normally. Uh, but there can be instances where there's a separate agreement or there are other circumstances whereby nakakaroon ng voting right yung holder or some kind of control. So we have not yet been able to determine that factually if that's the situation in ABS-CBN. In the Rappler case, the Court of Appeals says the Corporation Code allows companies a curing period. It also mandates the SEC to give companies reasonable time to adopt the necessary remedies. At the time that the PDRs were offered, they were deemed by the SEC to have been compliant with existing rules and regulations at that time. That was ABS-CBN President and CEO Carlo Katigbak. He says that if the rules will change, ABS-CBN will comply again. But according to constitutional law professor Tony Lavinia, Kalida's assertion that any PDR issued to a foreign entity is illegal will have an enormous impact on businesses and will cause foreign investments across industries to dramatically fall.
All of these questions of law have been brought to the Supreme Court for answers. Given the co-warranto petition of a solicitor general who enjoys a winning streak in the High Court, the bench must now settle all these controversies. On top of all these legal questions about its franchise, ABS-CBN faced another dilemma that culminated with the cease and desist order on May 5. Is there a law that would allow ABS-CBN to continue broadcasting after its franchise expires and while Congress tackles its renewal bills? Which brings us to the fourth law, or Republic Act 3846, the Radio Control Law. Section 1 says, no company can operate a radio station without a franchise from Congress. This is what the NTC used to issue the cease and desist order against ABS-CBN when its franchise expired on May 4. The NTC was pressured by Kalida, who also used the Supreme Court case ACWS versus NTC. In that 2003 case, the Supreme Court said, quote, As long as the law remains unchanged, the requirement of a franchise to operate a television must be upheld, end quote. This is where Justice Secretary Guevara's principle of equity comes in. Guevara says that both RA3846 and the case ACWS versus NTC only contemplate a situation where a company has never been granted a franchise before. Guevara says there is no law that can guide a situation like this where ABS-CBN is just waiting to renew its existing franchise and, for reasons not in its control, Congress is refusing to act on it. In the absence of a law, he says, there must be equity, meaning ABS-CBN must be allowed to air until Congress decides on its franchise or until a clearer law is enacted. Besides, Guevara says that in the past, the NTC itself was equitable to other broadcasters. Considerations of equity have apparently been applied in previous similar situations presented earlier, namely, among others, PTNT, Smart Communications Incorporated, Catholic Bishops Conference of the Philippines Incorporated, all of whom were allowed to operate despite expired franchises as long as the application for the renewal of these franchises were lodged with the Congress before the lapse of their term. In a newly filed petition before the Supreme Court to void the cease and desist order, ABS-CBN invokes equal protection. It asks, what is the substantial distinction between ABS-CBN and the other broadcasters given a grace period by the NTC before? Why should ABS-CBN be treated differently? At the Senate, this is what NTC Commissioner Cordoba said. Doon po sa mga franchises na yon, ay wala mo naman po kasing, uh, we shall say, uh, walang issues, walang lumabas po ng controversies, at in fact, wala naman po nag-file ng co-warranto case. In a Facebook post, Resigned Department of Information and Communications Technology or DICT Secretary Rodolfo Salalima, a lawyer, says that for the NTC to issue a cease and desist order, a complaint against ABS-CBN must have been filed with the NTC first, not a co-warranto petition before the Supreme Court. 
If there is no complaint with the NTC, and more so if that complaint was not tackled in hearings where ABS-CBN could defend itself, Salalima says the cease and desist order, to use the administration's language, is void ab initio or void from the start. The NTC falls under the DICT. In the Senate, Commissioner Cordoba was asked, who will you follow? The Justice Secretary or the Solicitor General? Meron kasing nilabas sa Department Order before that the opinion of the Secretary of Justice would take precedence. Uh, ibig sabihin, sila po ang pwede mag-render ng opinion, uh, hindi po ang Office of the Solgen. So, so, ibig sabihin, kahit ang Solgen magpa-file ng uh, complaint sa NTCB bilang quasi-judicial body, at sabihin, wala ng legal basis ang ABS mag-operate, hindi nyo pagbibigyan ang reklamo ng OSG. Uh, based po sa discussion namin ni Secretary of Justice, mukhang hindi po. That was on February 24, 2020. From that day to April 30, 2020, Justice Secretary Guevara rejects the NTC's request for a formal legal opinion, a document that will bear weight in case they are sued. Guevara writes to the NTC and puts in writing what he had told the Senate and says that is the DOJ's, quote, guidance. On April 30, Solicitor General Kalida sends a strong letter to the NTC, pressures them to issue a cease and desist order, and threatens NTC commissioners with a graft case if they didn't. We all know now who the NTC followed. Given the apparent clash among cabinet men and the continued inaction of the House of Representatives, deciding the issue again rests with one body. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. The Honorable, the Chief Justice, and the Associate Justices of the Supreme Court of the Philippines. The fate of ABS-CBN, along with its implications on the state of press freedom, is now in the hands of the magistrates of the High Court. And all we can do is wait. I am Lian Wan. Follow us on our social media accounts for more news, videos, and podcasts. Thank you for listening.